In this My Cat's Tale, let's meet Kekoa, and it does have a happy ending. Oh no, it's the lilies. I seriously, I think my heart fell in my stomach. He has the pollen from head to the end of his mane. But the amount of toxins that was in his system, it really is a miracle he is even here today. Joining me now on My Cat's Tale, all the way from California, where I was promised sun and sea, but it's it's not. Every time I speak to somebody from California, I all seem to bring the downcast, overcast weather. So, Alyssa, I apologise for bringing you the bad times. <laughs> uh, you are forgiven. We're here to talk about a very, I would just say, ambitious, inquisitive cat, I think it would be fair to say. Kikoa, tell me about him. Kikoa, well... He's definitely a source of entertainment for us. He definitely makes us laugh every day, uh, but he's also a source of a lot of yelling in the house as well. Uh, he's just, he's a, he's a really delightful cat. I know sometimes on his, he has a Twitter following and sometimes there's kind of a, a I feel some people think you're being so negative. Um, I really try to speak in Kikoa's voice uh, on Twitter. And sometimes I, I guess it, he comes off as, negative but he's not he's a very delightful cat uh very mischievous very curious uh always on some kind of adventure wanting to be a part of everything he's very sociable but he's also very moody and you just have to know what kind of mood he's in to know when to interact with him and when not to because uh, when he's uh in a mood of just leave me alone and don't touch me he means it because otherwise you will get bitten. And if you know that he's in a playful mood, then he's pretty demanding about it. Uh, but other than the biting, he gives us such a source of information to like, as far as storytelling goes, he's quite a character for sure. How old is he? He is six years old right now. Has He has a birthday coming up on June 3rd. He'll be seven years old, but he still acts like a kitten. The, even the vet says that he's he doesn't quite know his age yet. So we have the little boy who didn't want to grow up then. Absolutely. <laughs> so have you had him all his life? No, we adopted him when he was one years old. We found him at a local cat fostery. He did have some bowel issues for a little while, so he had to get some scans. And the vet told us, oh, there's nothing that we really found except for uh, the surgical pins in his leg. And we said, surgical pins? Like, what, what could have happened to him? And the vet said, well, I can't tell just by looking at it, but it looks like his leg is being held together by the surgical pins. So he obviously had some kind of an accident when he was a kitten it could have been he maybe was hit by a car or he got attacked by an animal or he fell from a high place. Uh, I asked, is it possibly he was abused? And they said, well, we can't tell by just looking at his leg. So he came with us with that. Uh, but other than that, he was a pretty healthy cat. His name was Honey at the time, which I just thought was such a sweet name. Uh, but once I had to convince my husband to adopt him. He reminds me so much of our first ginger, Kimo, which is K-I-M-O. It means James in Hawaiian. And uh, we were just devastated when we lost Kimo. So when I saw 
honey. I just thought, oh, there's my chemo. He reminds me of chemo. And I went to go visit him every day for about a month. And finally, my husband said, okay, go get our boy today. And I was so thrilled. I brought him home. And he really was sweet as honey, like for maybe the first week. Uh, and then my husband said, yeah, honey is a sissy name for a boy. We're not having a cat named honey. So we had, I had to change his name. And we decided to name him Kimo Kekona Kekoa, which I know is a mouthful for most people. Um, my husband and I are, are from Hawaii. And so we like to name our cats Hawaiian names. So his full name is Kimo after our first cat, which means James. And then Kekona is the second. And then Kekoa means brave warrior. Um, well, it depends if it's Hawaiian or Samoan. In Hawaiian, I think it means warrior. And in Samoan, it means brave. Or maybe it's the other way around. But basically, his full name in English is James II, the brave warrior, which really fits for him because he is very brave. Uh, he's a very fearless cat and um, he is a warrior for sure. I think we had a James II over here, <laughs> certainly in Scotland. My history is not completely up on that, but yeah, I like that. Brave and warrior works in both. Well, there you go. See, I love that because we, we call him the king because he acts, he prances around like he owns the castle. He's very alpha male and very territorial, except for one bed in the house. That he allows. We have another cat, Kealani. We just call her Kayla. And she's allowed on that one bed. But everything else belongs to him. <laughs> and so he said, what, you think like you're a king of the castle? It just kind of was a joke. But it kind of uh, manifested, especially on his Twitter feed, that, yes, he's king. He's boss. Um, and that's just kind of his his attitude. So uh, we definitely saw that maybe about two weeks after getting him and it was on. I tell you that first week, week and a half, he was very sweet and mellow. And then he just took off. He, I guess he got really comfortable and climbing the drapes and emptying out the trash, any, anything that has an opening, he has to crawl in, he has to investigate um, and that still continues. Everyone keeps telling me that he's going to outgrow it, but we're just waiting for that to happen. Now, one of the things that you spoke to me about earlier uh, was one of his adventures got him into a, a lot of trouble and a lot of danger as well. Uh, yes, absolutely. We almost lost him. I think it's an important story out of all of the stories we could tell about Keikoa. This is probably the most important, especially for cat lovers and cat owners to hear. So I had um, my sweet princess, Kanani. She fought the fight, but she passed away on December 30th. And people who know me know how much I love this, this cat. I mean, she was just so incredibly deeply loved. And it was really heartbreaking for me to let her go, but it was definitely her time. I don't have any regret about that. But people send us flowers. And I just thought that was such a beautiful gesture to send us flowers. But we know Keikoa. We know he's going to be into the flowers. So we kept them away from him. We put them in the one bedroom um, that's been converted into an office. And we shut the door and we kept the door shut. 
And it was that way day in, day out. He was never allowed in that room and everything was safe. Well, when Kanani's ashes arrived home, we decided to have a little simple service for her that weekend, just my husband and I. So I put something together and we put Kayla in one room, Kikoa in another, because the two cannot be in the same room at the same time. And we had our service and we came upstairs and we put her ashes in this customized urn. And I, she has a shelf and she's, I'm actually looking at her right now. Uh, she's in my office on, on a shelf and I created kind of this uh, display for her. But we were so, both of us, were so emotionally moved by the service and the memories. Um, we ended it with a prayer and singing Aloha Oi. And we left the office and my husband said, well, why don't you let Keikoa out? And I said, no, let's just go downstairs. We were going to have a chicken dinner because Kanani, she was chicken queen. And so we were going to go downstairs and have this dinner. And then I know Keikoa, he gets up on the table and he just creates like, hey, I want attention, pay attention to me. But my husband said, no, just, just let him out. So we let him out. I went downstairs, got the table ready and everything. My husband was upstairs. He comes downstairs and we're eating. And as we're eating, it got really quiet. And I said, where's Keikoa? And my husband says, oh no, I think he went upstairs. And he kind of has panic on his face. And I was like, okay, we'll just go check on him. Like, I think he should be fine. He said, wait, I, I don't know. I, I think I didn't shut the door. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, the office door. And he dashes upstairs. And I was cleaning up. My husband, I can hear him saying, what did you get yourself into? And I thought, oh, brother, what has he done now? And my husband came down. He was actually laughing. And he said, dear, you've got to see this. You've got to see this. And I said, what? I'm cleaning up. And he says, no, come here. And I said, no, just bring him down. So he brought him down. And Keikoa's side of his face had rusty brown uh, color. And then his mane, he used to have this really beautiful white long fur mane, was just covered in yellow. And at first, of course, he looks silly. He looks like a, a clown. So the first reaction is kind of laughter. So we laughed. And I said, wait a minute, what is this? What did he get into? And he said he was in the office. He got in those flowers. I seriously, I think my heart fell in my stomach. And I said, oh, no, the lilies. It's the lilies. And he said, yeah, he was like chewing on baby's breath. And yeah, he was rubbing against the lilies. And I just freaked out. And my husband didn't understand why. And I said, no, he can't be near these lilies. We've got to get this pollen off of them. we got to get it off now. And my husband said, all right, calm down. Like, you know. I'm trying to get paper, wet paper towels and stuff. And as I'm trying to get it off, it's just making things worse. It's just smearing all over. So I said, no, we can't do that. We got to give them a bath. Let's get them in the bath. So in our kitchen, we have a really large sink that we could put him in there. But I'm telling you, he was fighting tooth and nail. My husband was getting all scratched up. He was biting. I was like, okay, this is not working. We got to take him to the vet now. 
my husband just still didn't, he didn't understand. And, and there, I'm finding that there's a lot of people that don't know how lethal lilies are. And in fact, anything in the bulb flower category, like tulips or gladiolas, irises, anything of, that has a bulb, that's a bulb flower is highly, highly toxic. So I ended up Googling cats and lilies and sure enough, listing after listing was talking about the dangers of cats coming into contact with lilies, to which I show my husband, see, I'm telling you, this is really serious. Don't let him lick his fur. We got to get him to the vet. But my husband was still kind of poo-pooing it and saying, you know, oh, Google, you know, can you trust that? Yes, I can trust it because I know it. I know that it's toxic. We got we to gotta get him there. But then we we're also concerned well, if we take them to the vet, you know they're going to keep them. And uh, how much is this going to cost? And I just don't even know that we even have the money to even treat it. And I just, I felt such despair because I really thought he's just going to, he's going to die. Like, what are we going to do? So I ended up, I called the vet, the emergency vet, because it was after hours. It was about, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night or so. And so I called and I told the woman what had happened and she's, you know, I'm in, I'm in, in a panic at this point. I'm talking really fast. My voice is a bit louder. She at that point is just saying, okay, we're, well, we're going to work through this. Um, just tell me, describe, do you know what kind of lilies they are? Um, and I said, I don't know. I'm trying to describe them. And she says, oh, they sound like stargazers, which are really lethal. Now, all lilies are toxic, uh, but the Kellia lilies are not as toxic as like tiger lily and stargazer lilies. Um, so I said to her, just really concerned about the cost. Like, I know we have, but I just don't want it to be where I bring them and I can't pay you. Do you know there is such a thing called care credit? So we could try to get that for you, but he really needs to get down here. So I said, okay, we're on our way. So we go down there and they knew we were coming. So as soon as we walked in, the lady said, is this Keikoa? And I said, yes. And she just took them right away. They worked on them right away. So we both sat there uh, in the waiting room and nothing was really said between my husband and I. But if there was such thing as telepathy, I'm sure we could kind of read each other's thoughts of, why didn't you close the door? No, why didn't you close the door kind of a thing? Because uh, that's usually what happens when there's some kind of trauma or tragedy. People tend to want to blame. Um, but we just sat there and we didn't say anything to each other. And uh, the woman came out and said, um, we need your permission to, we have to pump his stomach. We have to get whatever's in his stomach out of him. So I asked her, well, how exactly is that done? And she said, we're going to give him some Epicat and then he's going to throw it up and we're just going to give it to him until he doesn't throw up anymore because we got to get it out of him of what whatever is in him. So I gave them permission to do that. And then they said, we also need to bathe them. And I said, that's fine. And then she came back out and said, well, you have a room for you. The vet wants to speak with you. So we went to the room and we waited for the vet. She came in with a very grim look on her face and didn't really even speak right away. She just she just said, I mean, her face just said everything. She said, 
he has the pollen literally from head all the way down to the end of his mane and it's around his nose. So we know he inhaled it. And if you lift his, um, well, I don't know exactly what you call it. I would say cheek, but cats don't really have cheeks. The area where the whiskers are, if you lift it up, the pollen is all inside of his mouth. So he definitely has had a very large exposure and then asked me, do you have a picture of the lilies? So I showed her the picture and she said, oh no, those are stargazers. And I said, yeah, the lady on the phone told me that's not good. And she said, yeah, stargazers are probably the most lethal lily. Um, to which there was just kind of silence in the room. And it was a very tense time. I really thought I was just, I was in my heart. I just kind of signed them off. Like I'm going to lose them. But she told me it does look very grim, um, but you got him here at a decent time and he is young. So he, I think is more willing to fight and he doesn't have any other health problems. So there's a chance, but I just don't want you to get your hopes up. So which I said, okay. And she said, we need to shave him because we bathed him twice and the pollen is not coming out. In fact, if anything, it's turning a brighter yellow, which is telling me this is a highly, highly toxic lily. So I gave them permission to shave him. So they shaved the side of his face and that fur part all under his chin. They shaved his neck and his, all of his mane. Uh, and they said, uh, we need to give him activated charcoal. It's a binder. So the toxins will bind to the charcoal rather than go to the, the kidneys. Cause that's why cats die from the lily exposure is because the toxins get into the kidneys cause they have to filter and it causes kidney failure. So I was told, I was educated that day that when a cat is exposed to lilies, uh, they can they can die anywhere from three hours after exposure up to three days. It won't be more than three days. So they told us the next 72 hours are extremely crucial for him. So we're going to keep him, but just go home. If no news is good news. So if something does come up, we'll be sure to call you. But if you don't hear from us, that's good. That means he's getting through the night. So I asked what the treatment was going to be after the activated charcoal. And she told us nothing much. We're going to hook them up to an IV and we're just going to flush those kidneys out. And hopefully, you know, he's hopefully, she told me, hopefully he's a good peer because we need him to like pee it out as much as possible. And that's really, it's a waiting game. So we went home. Uh, you can imagine I did not get any sleep last, that night. I called after midnight um, just to see how he was doing. They said they got him hooked up to the IV. He's resting. He seems to be doing okay. A little shaken up because of the whole incident. Um, I'm sure he was not expecting his evening to be under bright lights and lots of people handling him and being shaved and then thrown into a cage. Um, but he was holding his own. And then the next morning I called and they said that he did make it through the night. And so that was a good sign. You can come and visit him today. So my husband and I went down there to go visit him. 
and he had a cone around him and, you know, his IV and he was shaven. But for the most part, I mean, he looked, I wouldn't say scared, but he just looked a different, like maybe weak, I guess is, would be a good way to describe it. Um, but he was still Keikoa and he was still investigating the room and, you know, checking things out. Um, but in order for us to visit with him, he had to be disconnected from his IV. So I did not want to visit with him for very long because I want him to be flushed out as much as possible. So we had a very short stay. We said goodbye. Um, but my husband and I, we, we hugged him because we weren't sure if we were going to see him again. So we said our goodbyes and we went home and we just hoped for the best. And I tell you, if I ever prayed hard for a cat, that was the cat that I probably prayed the, the hardest for. And I let, um, I posted it on Twitter because we call his followers the Keikoa crew and they are amazing. I mean, it brings tears to my eyes to know. I mean, he's just so incredibly loved and Right away when I posted it, people wanted to keep us updated. How can we help? And it's like, I don't like, there's nothing we can do. So there's nothing that they can do either. But I definitely felt like a sense of helplessness, like from people that all around the world that have never met Keikoa, they've never, you know, they don't, they know him through social media, but there's such a connection and such a bond. It, I think it just really speaks volumes about, you know, humans and animals and this beautiful relationship that we have with them. And so the Keikoa crew was just extremely supportive, you know, posting beautiful and wonderful messages, either um, in the profile or private messages, um, posting GIFs and whatnot. And then somebody had mentioned, you know, um, you should start a GoFundMe page. And I just felt really uncomfortable with that. Like, I'm not going to take money from people. Like he's my cat. He's my responsibility. But I also knew that, um, if the treatment was going to continue, like we weren't too sure how long he would have to be in the hospital, but the estimate that they gave us for at least one day, we could pay for one day. Um, but after that, I was just really concerned. Like I just, I mean, we just had this discussion of like, well, if you don't have the money, we don't have it. So we'll have to bring him home and just hope that the treatment that he got was good enough. Um, but Keikoa crew would, yeah, that that was not acceptable to them. Um, and I'm so, so appreciative to them where people just really encouraged me, do a GoFundMe page. We want to contribute. We want to help you. Please let us help you. So I set it up and I think I got overwhelmed by it because three people right away donated 500. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm taking money from people. Like I felt a sense of guilt and I just canceled the whole thing and returned everybody's money. And then somebody wrote me a private message like, what are you doing? Like you are taking the opportunity away from us to help you. Like we genuinely want to help you. Please put it back up. So I talked to my husband about it and we decided, okay, if people truly want to help, then okay, let's do it. So we estimated what the costs would be if he would have to stay. Like we were told the, at least um, the three days, 
possible. Well, it just depended on what his blood work would look like. So um, we just kind of estimated that and posted it. And I'm telling you, these wonderful, beautiful people, the Keikoa crew, they totally came through. And there were some, like his Auntie Sophia and um, his Uncle Roland, they donated more than once. Um, you know, his Auntie Annie, you know, donated more than once. There's many, many people um, that would donate over and over again. And I felt a sense of guilt by it. But my husband said, you got to let that go. Like, we're not forcing people to do anything. If it's coming from their heart and that's something that they truly want to do to save him, then just take it as a gift. So I finally got to a point to accept it. <laughs> and um, we reached our goal, which was so wonderful because he did have to stay for quite a while. Um, and then he had to go kind of back and forth between two places because the emergency vet only holds him while the his regular vet is closed. So this happened on a Saturday night. They kept him on Saturday night. They kept him all day Sunday. Monday was a holiday for us. It was in January. So it was Martin Luther King Day. So he was there then. But then on Tuesday, he would have to go to uh, his regular vet. But we found a, a cat specialist uh, who's knows all about cats and lily toxins and all that. So we took him to her and she did her own test and gave us some news. And, um, you know, the, we were told the toxins had reached his kidneys and we weren't too sure what exactly that meant because we thought, well, if they reached his kidneys, then like he should be a dead cat now. Right. To which we're told, no, you know, it's still, at that point, I don't know, 48 hours, we still got another day to go, but he's tough. He's strong. We can tell he's fighting and he is peeing really good. So that's a good, that's a good thing. Um, so we even had kind of a hashtag going for a while on Twitter, pee, koa pee, because that was just so, that's what was going to save him. And after that, uh, he couldn't stay where he was at. So we had to go back to emergency, but I just didn't want him going back and forth and back and forth. It was just, it was too traumatic, I think for him as well as for us. So we called, they, they referred us to a 24 hour hospital, but it was something like 1500 a day. And it was expected that he would probably have to stay for five days so that's really where the GoFundMe really kind of took hold. That's when I was like, okay, we have to do it. And we are just so incredibly grateful that people were just so generous. Uh, because of them, we were able to pay for his treatment. His treatment in total was almost $10,000. I mean, that's, I mean, Keikoa takes a lot of quote unquote adventures, but that by far was the most expensive adventure he'd ever been on. And I'm sure it wasn't a very pleasant one for him or for us. Uh, but yeah, that's, he, he came through and the vets have said with the amount of toxins that was in his system, it is true. It really is a miracle that he is even here today. So 
he is definitely, I think he's used more than his nine lives. Uh, I don't think that counts for just one. I think it counts for way more. Um, but we are just so thankful and blessed that uh, he's home. Once we finally got him home, he he was just a different cat. He slept a lot. And Keikoa is really not much of a sleeper. He doesn't eat a lot and he doesn't sleep a lot. So that was really unusual to see him uh, sleeping all the time. And anytime I go check on him or pet him, you know, he didn't even bite during that. He's always biting, but at that period, he just seemed so weak and just so tired and his personality just kind of seemed to change. But over time, he became more of himself again. Um, His fur started growing back and his whiskers, I think in a rush, uh, because they were, it was so urgent for them to get that fur off of him that they accidentally snipped his whiskers on one side. Uh, But now his whiskers are growing back and his fur is growing back. Um, He went for his follow-up. And at the follow-up, we were told that he does have early onset kidney disease. So if a cat lives long enough, most cats will get kidney disease, but that's not usually until like later uh, after 12 years old. Uh, But he does have kidney disease uh, because of the toxins. But, you know, he can live with kidney disease for quite a while. So we were just told he's probably not going to live as long as he could have if he didn't have the Lily incident. I mean, who knows? Nobody knows how long he could have lived till. Um, But because of he's starting kidney disease now, um, you know, they didn't give me an estimated age. They just said he probably is not going to live as long as he would have without the incident. He's still with us. He's he's our little warrior. So we're going with warrior and not brave then. It's, it's both though. <laughs> it's, it's two words. Yes. It means both. He's going to need all of them. Um, what, one of the things, I mean, it it's just sounds like one of those personal nightmares for every single cat owner, but the amount of love that he would feel through you and the amount of love that you felt through the community seems to be shining through. Yes, absolutely. I actually don't know if, well, I'm not even going to say I don't know. I know for a fact that my husband and I would not have been able to get through this as well as we did without that Keikoa crew. And I got to say, even going back to even Kanani, his sister, when she passed away, the love, I mean, it, it was just shining through. It's just, I really think that that really helped me with the grieving process um, because she was definitely, she was my sweet girl. She was my princess. And I just thought, I imagined myself that I would have been completely devastated. I would need to take like large amounts of time off of work because I just went and be functioning but that's really not what happened it just kind of coincided that right after her death I already had a vacation that's planned so I had a week off but it's the Keikoa crew that really they just really pulled me through that for sure and so when Keikoa's incident happened they were like we're here we're on board I mean they're just they're really really there for him and I don't know them personally, but there's a few that do personal, uh, like direct messages to me that I feel that I have really come to know. Um, 
And so, yeah, it's a beautiful and wonderful and sweet community. We, we love them dearly. And Kikoa now changed a little bit slower, a little bit, hopefully slightly less adventurous is on, on, on a long road to recovery or is he now at the point where he will be for the rest of his life? Well, he definitely needs to go to the vet every few months to get blood work done okay. just to see how the kidneys are doing. But I'm told that after a year of that, if things are looking pretty good, um, you know, then we can just do the one year annual. He won't have to go every two to three months. Uh, but because it's just so, so new and he was just exposed to so much of it that they just really want to kind of keep a, a close eye on him. And I suppose one of the one of the more powerful reasons you want to tell this story, and this is what you said to me, you'd like, I want to tell this story, is because you don't want anybody else to go through this. Absolutely. And, you know, thankfully uh, for his Twitter page, I, well, not I, Keikoa, right? Keikoa is the one that's posting. <laughs> um, Keikoa is always announcing like, you know, don't be silly stay away from lilies and kind of these different things of, uh, and people will send me stuff like, Hey, you may want to post this. And I'm so appreciative of that because of course, if it's about getting awareness out there to tell cat owners, look, lilies are very toxic. Now people will say, yeah, but there's other flowers and other plants that are toxic as well. And that's absolutely true. It's just our experience is with the lilies per se, but any bulbed flower is toxic. And um, I learned that even baby's breath, what he was chewing on is not so great for cats. Um, St. Patrick's Day was recent and I learned that clovers are toxic to cats. And so it is opening up doors and where we're learning about what's toxic for cats. And we just post it to try to keep uh, cat safe and then people will retweet to get the word out there and it's a lot of every single time we do this there's at least one person that says thank you so much I never knew that so I think that we just kind of have to get the word out about what is considered to be safe for cats and what's not I mean some people will say I'm just taking caution that no no flower no plant is safe and so I don't keep it in my house. There's other people that say, well, I, I'll bring roses. Roses seem to be safe um, and it's not on any kind of list as being toxic. Um, but you know, that's everyone's personal choice. But at least to let people know how highly toxic the bulb flowers are for sure. Um, because like I said, that story about the vet, about a, another cat, you know, that just started to eat a lily and that cat you know, is no longer with us. So it's really, it's definitely something that we want people to know about to keep their cats safe. And there's a lot of information out there. Here in the United Kingdom, the RSPCA have a lot of pages up uh, around these issues. In America, you've got, um, do you have, P is it PDSA in America? Yeah, there are. Yeah, there, there are many. And so a lot of those announcements, people will send us to say, hey, can you post this? Or, hey, you may want to post this. And we're absolutely open to doing that. And people can find that at the very long Twitter name. You could have just went for Kikoa. No, we've got to go for twitter.com slash Kimokanoakeoa. You, you've just done that to try and get me to say the full name, haven't you? <laughs> it's a test right yeah so i have a simple answer to that one we have a link back at our website which is mycatstailpod.com 
yeah, that gets me out <laughs> of that one. There's this, you know, lightness of touch that we, we have here um, because our cats are love both on their own, in a family and in a community. And there are serious issues. And Kiko has been incredibly lucky, incredibly brave, lovely warrior. Yes. But yes. he is a cat now who is happy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He knows he's deeply loved. He. He knows he's spoiled. He knows he rules the house. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, I really, I mean, we don't know who his previous owner was, the person who had him as a kitten, but she's seen the person at the cat fostery said she seemed to actually be really concerned about him that she said, I want, you know, saying that like, I really want him to go to kind people and I'd just let you know, this is what he likes and this is what he doesn't like. And she seemed to be very concerned. So Whoever she is in the world, um, you know, that'd be so wonderful if she came across him either through this podcast or through the Twitter uh, that, yes, he is so deeply, deeply loved. And no matter how rambunctious he gets, uh, we're never, ever going to give up on him. He's ours. We When we adopt a cat, no matter what happens, we, we keep him. So and she even uh, wrote a letter like to the next owner. Um, I didn't get that letter until after I adopted. <laughs> they wanted to make sure that I signed the papers and he's mine, I guess. Um, but the letter really rang true about his personality of being very playful, very sociable, um, very curious, um, you know, saying he likes to cuddle, which is true, but he's got to be in the mood for it. If, you know, everything is kind of on his terms because otherwise you're going to get bitten. So uh, we just kind of let him lead the way but um yeah Alyssa it has been a privilege to hear your story to hear your partner's story and Kiko's as well I know a lot of people who are going to be listening are just going to want to just double check follow you on Twitter see those images and hopefully hopefully one cat will not have to go through this again we have another success yeah, that's that's really our hope is, you know, that it's it's something that absolutely can be prevented. So we definitely want to get the word out there to keep our cats safe. And he will still keep biting you for many, many years to come, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably. That's that's one thing that we haven't really figured out. Uh, our cats always find a way to show us that they love us and and they do that by biting. Yes. Thanks, cats. We, we we love you all. We really do love you all. And Alyssa, once again, thank you for coming onto the podcast. Thank you for sharing the story. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me and to have this platform to be used, you know, for something good and to educate others. You've been listening to My Cat's Tale, a Spence Media production. Listen to more tales of our perfect pets at mycatstalepod.com and support us on Patreon. The tale of Kekoa there, an incredibly emotional and powerful story and once again I just have to thank Alyssa for being willing to share that here on My Cat's Tale and it is being shared of course 
to raise awareness of the issue so we can all make the world just a little bit better for our feline friends. And of course, it is a world, certainly with Alyssa, filled with more love, more adventure, and more treasured memories. Lots of memories, lots of podcasts, lots of cat's tales to hear, here at My Cat's Tale. Hurrah for now.